Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message from one of our pastors, Jim Walsh. Definitely my prayer that those are those passionate words were more just words on the screen that really sense the room that y'all are really digging into that this morning. That's awesome. It's good to be here. As you know, our pastor is with our youth pastor and the seniors in Morocco, and um, it all must be going well. I haven't heard anything, so they must be doing okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, it's great to be here. It's great to be with family. We've been out of town the last few days, and just getting a little bit R and R. It's been nice. It's kind of rude awakening. We left the the West Coast where we're at was like 55, and we got here yesterday. It was like 105. It was horrible. So this morning, I, I you know there uh, as I prepare for messages, it's uh, I still have some of that youth pastor mentality in my head, and and I also have to think of things uh, when I'm preaching to keep my wife engaged. So. If I throw something in there, it's, it's for you, Robin. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know, maybe just because I was spending some time vacation. Sometimes, you know, um, especially when you're on an airplane and traveling and all that, and I was looking at my phone, and do you ever have those moments where you look at your phone and you go, where did I get all these apps? What are all these apps on here? And then I, I'll have these moments, and I just kind of get sick of them, and I don't know what to do with them. I don't, they just bug me, so I just start deleting everything. And I don't know why I do that, but I just do. Uh, unless it might, you know, some of them have a purpose. You know, I'm like, okay, I've got 140 Starbucks stars. I only need 10 more to get a cup of coffee. So I'm going to keep that one, you know, or it's like, well, you know, that Sam's one, it's so great because you can scan your groceries as you go. That's a great benefit. Saves you about 13 seconds. It's awesome. For me, now, now personally, if you've ever been to Chicago, if you can save money on parking, that's a good thing. And I got to save some money using my Spot Hero app this week, parking in Chicago. And, and this morning I came in with my free drink from Dunkin' Donuts, from all the dozens of donuts I bought for our worship team over the last several months. So, you know, it's nice. There's sometimes just benefits. <laughs> um, and it just kind of got me into thinking about, you know, I got saved in 1973, and it, I seem to remember, you know, even as a 10-year-old, that when they, I, I was presented with salvation, it was all about these benefits. If you get saved, if you follow Jesus, your life's going to be so much better, and you're going to have love and joy and peace, and you get to go to heaven. All right, put that app on my phone. That's great. You know, that was some good benefits, right? And so... You know, what, why, why do we become followers of Jesus? Every one of you in this room, it's, it would be interesting just to say, what was it that compelled you to say, I saw the benefits, or what was it that just made you go, yes, sign me up for that app called Christianity. I want to be a part of that. And we all have different things that engaged our hearts. Today, I just really honestly, it's a real simple message. I just want to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus. Does that sound okay to you? Uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, really everything that we do, everything that we do really comes down, should come from and spin out of loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and strength. 
It's where it all comes out of. And so it's not centered. I know we try to, and you probably have been in meetings and services where sometimes we want to center it around morality or conservatism or whatever, but it's not. It's, it's all about Jesus. It's all about our relationship with him. If you're not 100% sure, 100% certain and sure today that you have a close, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, then um, what I want to present to you today is we talk about Jesus and eternal life. If, if you don't know that for certain, then you're really missing out on what the Bible calls eternal life. And so that's why it's important to talk about that, right? That sounds like an app you really need. You need that one. So, and the truth is, I know that there's probably some people in this room that may be just kind of going through the motions of Christianity, but you're not really a possessor of a close, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. So I, I think it's just really good. And even if, for like me, I, I've been saved since 1973, it, it's good for me to, to constantly look at that relationship that I have with Jesus because it's, it's all about him. And so before... You look at the title and you go, Jesus and eternal life, John 3, 16. Well, I've heard that. Don't dismiss it because I think there's some things in here that we're going to unpack today. I think that will help every person, regardless of where you're at, how long you've been saved. Or maybe you're here today just seeking this thing out. And you're like, what is this? I'm just checking this app out. Well, what's it all about? What's this Christianity all about? So maybe that's you. But let me just say this. Everything rises and falls on that relationship that you have with Jesus. You can't be obedient you can't fulfill your purpose in the kingdom of God. Uh, you can't live and never hope to live a victorious life or obey the Great Commission or anything apart from having a close, personal relationship with Jesus. So actually, if you, I mean, that's, that's, that's really, you're going to hear me say that several times today. I don't think we can overstate that. So, you know, you look at, and how many times have I, and I know you remembered when we put those signs above the doors there in the back of the sanctuary. What does love require? But even that, you know, you see that, and that's kind of your, as you leave from here, don't forget, what is, you know, let everything filter through that. What does love require? You can't even begin to hope to do that. Because 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. <laughs> so where is that love going to come from? It, it comes from a close personal relationship with Jesus. That's where you get the download of the love that it takes to do what is required that we're talking about, right? It all pivots around your personal relationship with Jesus. And so um, let me just say this. There's no way. This is not a message on one, two, three, steps one, two, and three. There's no way that anyone can give you a steps one, two, three, four, five, whatever, or give you some kind of a formula for a close personal relationship with Jesus. There's, I'm, so I don't hope to do that. It's not what we're going to try to cover today. But there is, let me just say this, there is a huge difference between Christianity and all other religions in, in, in the world, and that is this, a relationship with Jesus. That's the main difference. So let's first, let's just dive into this. Number one, why, why? Why eternal life is really about relationship with God. I'm going to look at a text here in a little bit, but the people who know God personally, for those of us who maybe either yesterday or 50 years ago, you've noticed that there's a difference between the way that people respond to life who have a real true close relationship with Jesus and those who don't. And it's, I think if there's anything that kind of has amplified that or really exposed that, it would have been this last year during this pandemic. You can almost see people who don't have a relationship. It's almost like you can see their hands above their head and they're running around screaming 
What do I do? I don't know what to do with all this. So, you know, um, so when we talk about eternal life and this close relationship with Jesus, let, let me just say this. It's not just, it's not a mental ascent thing. It says this in James 2. You believe that God is one? There's a lot of sarcasm in this, by the way. You believe that God is one? You do well. Even the demons believe, and they shudder. So the devil believes in God, but he doesn't have a relationship with him, okay? So it's not, so when we talk about eternal life and all this, I'm not talking about just believing in God. I'm talking about a closed personal relationship. We're going to kind of look at what that means and, and just kind of pull that out a little bit. So believing in God is not salvation. Believing in God is not having a close personal relationship with Jesus. So let's just be clear on that. Most people don't fully get this. Um, but ask yourself, I mean, and, and I'm going to give you several, I hope to give you several different metrics through this message that you kind of help you to go, okay, that helps me to kind of gauge. But do you talk to God and does he talk to you? I know some people are like, hey, wait a minute. God talks to you, you know, and I know that it's like, they don't, we don't like hearing that, but, but, but we can talk to God, right? And he does talk to us. <laughs> Have you felt his pleasure you know, singing these kinds of songs this morning, I hope there's something in there. You just kind of sense the pleasure in the heart of God through that. More than just words. That There's something there that's communicated. More than words of music. And that is, wow, the pleasure of the Lord. And we're going to, again, look at some scriptures of that. But the core of salvation, the thing that transforms our life, is a close personal relationship with Jesus. So John 3, 16. John 3, 14 through 16. If you'd like to stand with me and read this together, that'd be awesome. It's a little shorter than the last couple of weeks of text. <laughs> so that's all right. Not that you guys don't mind standing, right? It says this in John 3, 14 and 16. As, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Amen? You can be seated. Thank you. So there's a perception, so I'm going to pick on some stuff, and again, I'm kind of picking on myself, like I said, I've been, I, I was born again in the Jesus movement, so even saying that, born again, they don't use the term born again anymore, they only use that back in the 70s. I gave my life to Jesus and became a Christ follower in 1973, there you go. Um, <laughs> you was born again. Uh, they used to have yellow bumper stickers in the, in the, in the, during the Jesus movement, it just says, I found it. And so it's supposed to be, you know, make people go, whoa, what'd you find? I found Jesus, yes. So um, anyhow, this, this, this brings up a perception that most people think is being said in this text. And then we're going to look at this in just a minute. But most people interpret John 3.16 to talk about living forever. Life without death kind of thing. So it's talking, you know, a lot of times we, we assume that this is talking about going to heaven instead of hell. So let me just say this. Let me back. Let, let me just put this in here before we just unpack this a little bit and, and give you an explanation of what I'm talking about. According to the Word of God, there's no such thing as dying and, and then ceasing to exist. Doesn't happen. Nobody ceases to live. Every soul that has ever breathed on this planet is still alive. If someone has died physically. They're not alive in a physical body, and we can't get around and we can't see them. We can't perceive them. We can't hear from them or talk to them because they're not in a physical body. But they still exist in spirit form. Every soul that's ever lived on this planet ever, still alive right now. 
there's coming the resurrection of our physical body, and some will be resurrected unto life, some will be res- res- resurrected unto death. If you want to look at that, check out Revelation chapter 20 and 21. Those chapters will explain that a little bit more, but I just want to move through this. But it talks about, you know, that there will come a time where there will be a resurrected, where we will be resurrected into a physical body, and we will stand before, before God. And based on our acceptance or rejection of Jesus as our Savior, we'll be granted into heaven where we will live out and continue. Let me just say it this way. You will continue to live life to its fullest in heaven in the presence of God. Or if that isn't you, if that's not you, you don't have a relationship and you, Jesus is not your Savior, then you won't enter into heaven. And you're going to, you will be alive forever, but it will be in the lake of fire, which is what the word of God refers to as the second death. So in a sense, you could refer in this scripture here to eternal life as living forever in, in, in heaven with God, but that's not what it's talking about. So what I want to do here is just, number two, is just look in, in, at this scripture and see that why, according to John 3.16 and several other scriptures in the book of John, that this, is, this eternal life is a present, it's a present day reality. It's a present tense reality. There's five other times in here where it talks about that. So it's, you know, uh, here it says this in John 3.36, whoever believes in the Son of God has eternal life, present tense. When does that life begin? When we die? No, it begins right here. It says, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, he will never thirst. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. When you become a Christ follower, you have eternal life. John 5.24 says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So a lot of times people look at eternal life and they immediately relate that to eternity, something that is far off in the future, that's somewhere after we die. But it's a present tense reality, something that we can experience right now. That's awesome, isn't it? So everlasting eternal life is talking about a close, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. Why do I believe that? We're going to look at that. It's because Jesus, I mean, he's, he's alive now, and, he, and when we are born again, he calls us into that relationship right then. And, and you're, if you're like me, and I know we've sang these songs for, forever, you know, when we all get to heaven, what a wonderful day that will be. And that's a, it's a great song because it's nice because we don't want to live down here in this flesh and this, you know, corrupt world that we're living in forever. But, you know, this thing about eternal life is not something that's out in the future. It's right now. So listen through this and just keep your heart open. If, you, if, if all you are is just forgiven of your sins, you've not entered into a close personal relationship with Jesus. If you're waiting for death for something more, you're missing out on eternal life right now. So the main point is not to get our sins forgiven. It's important because that's the barrier to to the Father. But that's not the main point. But can I just say, this has been the message of the church for a long time. Come to Jesus, get your sins forgiven so that you won't die and go to hell, but instead you'll go to heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that we wouldn't go to hell and said we would go to heaven. That's how most people interpret that scripture. It's true, but it's not the whole truth. And therefore, it's, it's, it's incomplete. There's more to that. 
It's not the main message of the church. These things are true. Our sins do stand between us and God, and we know that. And we do need our sins forgiven. But if, that, if all you get is your sins forgiven, your life is on hold until the day you... It's like, I'm forgiven. Now what? Right? Does that make sense? So if you today aren't experiencing a dynamic relationship, a close personal relationship right now, then you're missing the main purpose of salvation. The purpose of, of salvation is for us to enter into that relationship with Jesus. And I know that our sins block that from happening, but he removed that sin barrier so that we can have that relationship. So it's not all about just escaping hell. That's important. You do need to get out. You do need to make your way to heaven. That's important. It's not all about fire insurance. (laughs) And that's kind of the way, when I was a teenager, that's what it was all about. You know, we were selling fire insurance. And I had some moments that I'm not proud of, that I, that I was selling fire insurance and I didn't have a heart about the relationship. I, I thought this whole thing was about getting you to heaven, forget about anything else. And so I had some not so nice words with people who thought they were going to heaven. And I told them otherwise. Not a good thing. Don't, don't recommend that. Why is this significant? It's because we've subtly changed the thrust of the gospel. We're saying that relationship with God is out in the future and it doesn't really have a true impact on what we do today. If we relegate eternal life to then, it's like, yeah, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we need that. We need to make it to heaven. Don't get me wrong. We need forgiveness of our sins. But what about everyday life? How do I deal with my marriage and my kids? And how do I deal with sickness and global pandemic? How do I deal with all that? And and again, we could sit up here and give you one, two, three, but it's still not. The thing that's going to change everything is your own close personal relationship with Jesus. That's the only thing that's going to make any difference through all of this. I can't offer, honestly, I can't offer you any hope. The longer I've done pre-marriage counseling here at the church, I've lost track. I think it's 130, 140 some couples in this church that I've uh, had the privilege of doing their wedding ceremony for. And we always do pre-marriage counseling. And I would say the last, I don't know, 20 or 30, I finally get to the point, I'm like, I don't give your marriage a chance at all if you don't know Jesus. I mean, I, I say it like that. I, I just do. I just, I'm like, I, I want to, I, I can give you all kinds of nice little, you know, things about how to help your marriage, but it's like, forget that. It's not going to help you unless you have a close personal relationship, you know, relationship. Am I talking in the right room here this morning? God is not our last resort. You don't have to wait till your deathbed to get this. So what is eternal life? Let's look at John 17, verse 1 through 3. Jesus is going to give you the definitions. But why really eternal life is just about knowing God. It's really what it is. Here's what he says. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given. And this is, present tense, is eternal life that you, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's the definition of eternal life, that you may know Jesus. No God, the one true God. So he's praying for his disciples and all who come after him. And so that was his prayer for you and I, that we would, we would know that this is eternal life. It's about knowing Jesus. That's it. It's about knowing him. Oh, I know God. I think most people would say that. I know God. 
They know about God that exists, that Jesus died for our sins, but that's not a close personal relationship with Jesus. The devil knows that. Do you understand? I've said that earlier. The devil knows about God. So this is not a mental ascent thing. So I, I want to speak to all of this because I think, I think it's important that we know that sometimes this isn't about coming to Connection Point Church and getting another little piece of knowledge about God. Knowledge is good. That's not what we're talking about today. Salvation is experiencing Jesus in a close personal relationship. It's not just a collection of a bunch of familiar information about Jesus. Because I know in this room we could collect a whole bunch of information about Jesus. And probably most of it would be right. But that's different than a relation, a close personal. And I, and I, I think, and why do I say this? Because I just, you know, I, I just, um, you know, 37 years of ministry, you just kind of see things. And you kind of get a sense. I know that there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians. Because they believe that God exists. And, and I'll hear people say that. You know, when I talk, you know, well, I know that God exists. And they, they think that's kind of their ticket. And they assume that makes them a Christian. Well, I'm not a Muslim or a Buddhist or, a, or, or, or you know, the, or anything else. So I must be a Christian. I do know about God. I, I do believe he exists. But that, again, this is not what we're talking about here. And this is really hard for me to do right here. Because what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm going to push you right up to the edge of a line that I can't possibly know, and that is your heart. And it's, so I, I know that if I go too much further, then I'm pushing into issues that I don't know anything about. All I can do is give you some things to consider that help to kind of reveal your heart. You know, what is one of the first things, one of the things the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if I was to hang out with you for a day, I would know what your heart is just based on what, how you talk, Right? It's the truth. And, you know, and Romans talks about that. In Romans 10, 9, it says, you know, when you confess your sins and, and believe that he is faithful and just, forgive you your sins and cleanse you from, you know, and it talks about from the heart. Romans 10, 9 talks about how it's, it's the heart. So there's this connection. There's a heart connection that we have. You have to do this. Um, you know, th- this, this relationship is more than just I know, I believe the facts. I've heard the facts. I mentally ascend to, ascend to those, and I, and I agree. It's more than that. We're, there's a connection of our heart. There's a, a relationship that's formed when we know Jesus. It's not just a bunch of facts. And so it says in John 6, 27, I do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the God the Father has set his seal, Verse 40 in the same chapter. For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verse 47. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And faith comes by hearing, so I think a lot of times people have had faith for what I just said, which is God forgave my sins and Jesus made a way and he forgave my sins and therefore I can have eternal life. And I think a lot of people have applied their faith to that, but they have not applied their faith to a close personal relationship with Jesus. And now, so you need to think that you can chew on that sometime this week. How much of your faith have you as a believer in Jesus given toward 
believing in that close personal relationship that you have with him. So, you know, we need to, you know, because the, the truth is we're not just hold up here until Jesus comes and just kind of make it till the end. He has called us to live life and live it to the full. You've heard pastor talking about that, being fully alive, living a fully alive life in Jesus. And, you know, some people are like, well, why would I want to do that? I have my fire insurance. I'm going to make it. I'm going to get there and everything else. But the truth is you look sometimes at the average, what's going on in average people's lives in their homes and, and different things like that. And, and is there enough evidence at all in their life that, that there's even a relationship at all? And the way that I see that are, there's a couple things that I see on that. I see that on, in, in this way, that if you are in an environment or you work in an environment or your home is an environment where there's death and immorality and criticism and bitterness, and you can just blend in and nobody knows that you're a Christian, then I really wonder if there's really a close personal relationship with Jesus. Because that the, the nature of God comes out of it. It was meant, we are, we are salt, we are light, we are meant to shine, we are, we are meant to be different in the way that we live. And if people, are, if you can blend in all around you and nobody has any idea, then I, I kind of, again, I know that I'm dancing around heart issues, but these are just some things for you to kind of check out. Are you kind of blending in? Do people really know where you're at, you know? Do they really know that you are a true believer of Jesus Christ? So, you know, when I think about these things and I just think about our life and, and, and I think about our relationship, I think it's just important that we just stop and say, okay, Lord, is, is there anything about the way that I'm living? Is there anything about what I'm doing now as it's just going through the motions? What am I really trusting in? Am I putting off my salvation for another time? Am I living life to the fullest? Am I living as a true believer here and now? Am I really exuding eternal life in the way that I live? Is the relationship that I have with you really making a difference? That's important for us to look at that. So what I want to do is, and, and it's probably somewhere, if you're on uh, version, you'll see that I got like 12, I don't know, I, I forgot, I kind of lost track. There's a bunch of scriptures on there. Because the truth is, one of the things that can change from you just kind of sitting here and going, I'm not sure. I have been going to church, but you're talking about this, and I'm not 100% sure, or I'm just beginning to explore this thing. Show me what you're talking about. Let me show you the best place to start. Start with the word of God. Because the word always points to Jesus. It points to who he is. Because that's where it starts. you got to know him. What I want to do is I want to give you kind of a rapid fire of some scriptures to just bolster and just to encourage a little bit of maybe some, your own exploration into pushing in deeper in your relationship with Jesus. So let me just give you some scriptures right away. And just to show you how important that relationship with the word of God is to your close personal relationship with Jesus. Because it, it, one of the, so first of all, it kind of starts with our confidence. You have to have confidence in God and who, and who he is towards you and his relationships toward, towards you. So let me just show you some scriptures. Here it says in Psalm 60 that your beloved may be delivered. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emphasize some things because I just want you to hear the heart of the word that sometimes we just miss when we just kind of read through it and we're just looking for knowledge or we're just coming. We just kind of hear the heart and the passion of the Father, that your beloved may be delivered. Psalm 17, keep me as the apple of your eye. 
to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you. He says, I will call them my people who were not my people and her beloved who was not beloved. I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will love you. It says in Psalm 18, I will love you, O Lord. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Gentle, gentleness has made me great. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Matthew 3, a voice came out from heaven and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So I just want you to, and, and there's so many scriptures, and I just want you to see that you can find whatever you want in scripture. <laughs> you can find condemnation and guilt, or you can hear the heart of the Lord. One of the, one of the things, I have a Bible that I just bought, a New Testament Bible just for this purpose, and you can do this yourself sometime. I, the Lord had me to go through and study the book of Revelation and underline all the words that showed his goodness. And it is chocked full of the goodness of God. Or you can look at Revelation from a whole different lens. But the goodness of God is throughout there. It's all through the book. It's a revelation of Jesus. (laughs) He's good. So you're going to see it if you're looking for it. Remember, what was the first four words that Jesus ever said? First four red letters of Jesus, what are you looking for? Whatever you're looking for is what you're going to find. Jesus knew what you're looking for. If you're looking for sickness and problems, and, and, and it, you'll find it. If you're looking for the goodness of God, you'll find that. If you're looking for the promises of God, you'll find that. When you look through the scriptures, look and see the heart of God. His heart is towards you. His heart loves you. His heart delights in you. You are his beloved one. He wants relationship with you. And so, and you'll see that as we kind of transition and just look and see how Jesus, you know, how he treated Jesus is the same way that he feels about you. And somebody prayed this morning as we were praying before, and I really liked their, their thought, which is, you know, you don't get the leftover love of the father after he poured it on. He loves you just like he loved Jesus. It's not a secondary, you know, lower level of love. It's the same love. It says here in in, uh, John 5, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. The same love, the full love of God. He loves you. That the world may know you, that that, that, that I, I have loved them as you loved me. John 17, 23, he arose, came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. He had compassion, he ran, he fell on his neck and he kissed him. Man, the heart of the Father, Abba, our Father, oh, it's just beautiful. May, that we may, it says in Ephesians, that we may be able to comprehend what's the width and length, length and the depth and the height, to know the love of God which passes knowledge. You don't even, we, we, it's just even too much for our, our minds to fully comprehend. It says in Jeremiah 31, 3, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. So let me just say this. He wants a relationship with you. The father, everything he did was to run towards you so that he can have this relationship with you. That's just a handful of scriptures, just a little bit. Let me encourage you to maybe turn your attention toward those things. 
I mean, there's a lot of things. Maybe you're reading the word to find a nugget to kind of help you survive life. I just need another meme to get me through another day. Look at the word and think about relationship. Find those parts in those verses that show the, the love and the relationship of the father towards you, his heart, his passion, his love, his, his endearing love towards you. He wants that. Everything flows out of that. That's eternal life. That is eternal life. We don't have to wait. You can have it today, right now, right here. Religion is brutal. Some of you have been brutalized by religion, and it's a heavy taskmaster. Because you can't do enough for religion. You can't do enough, you can't be enough, you can't, you can't be good enough for religion. It's hard. And there's something in our, especially in, in this Western culture, it's hard for us to think that it's productive for us to stop and sit at the feet of Jesus and just love him. Well, I got things to do. I got a busy schedule. There's a lot going on. That's where the, your faith comes in. Your faith has to believe. That's what I'm talking about. Apply your faith to that. God, I believe that if I will give that kind of extravagant love towards you in that relationship and developing that close person, then I know that everything else, it, everything, it, uh, everything else flows out of that. All of my strength and energy and wisdom will come more because I, I, did, the right, I did the first thing first. I loved you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do that first. It can all start right now. You can have a close personal relationship with Jesus. It is possible. So it's my prayer for all of us today that we would never take for granted or assume anything about that relationship. So I think that's why it's good for us just to pause. Every other relationship that we have, we think about, we pause, we reflect on it. We try to do our best to work on it. But here you are in this moment, just allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart. Just have a peek in your heart. It's my, it's my desire that it all come, that, that if there's, if there's anything that needs awaken, that the Lord would awaken that passion. Awaken that passion for a close relationship with him. Knowledge is good. Obedience is good only if it leads us, only if it comes out of and it's born out of our love for him. So I'm just going to ask you to close yourself in and close your eyes for a moment. I'm just going to ask you to, where are you today? Can we just be that pointed? Honestly, I, I went through that whole chain of thoughts just to ask you, where are you today with Jesus? And I'm going to pray in a moment for anyone who's here today or online who does not know for sure, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus at all. You've never begun that. And we would love to get you started on that close personal relationship with Jesus. We're not talking about church membership. We're not talking about just praying a prayer. We're talking about introducing you to the King of Kings and that eternal life would begin in you and that you would have a, you would begin a relationship with Jesus. So with your bow, heads bowed and your heart just shut in with the Lord, what's going on on the inside of you this morning? Does your heart fully come alive as you sit here and reflect on your own relationship with Jesus? Does your heart just go, oh, just does it burn? Oh, yes, thank you for the closeness that I have with you, Jesus. Or does your heart long for something so much more than what you have currently? And let me just say, what is that? That's Jesus calling you to himself. You couldn't even have that burning on the inside for more 
if it wasn't for him saying, I'm calling you to myself. That call, that drawing that says, I want more, I'm not satisfied, that's Jesus. That shows you how much he loves you and he's right here inviting you to relationship that's deeper, closer in him. So it really, it starts with five simple words, Jesus, I give you my life. And then from there, it starts a conversation. From there, it goes into relationship. But it starts with you saying, Jesus, I give you my life. So if you're here this morning, I know those that are online, you can respond to online if you'd like. But if you're here this morning, you're like, I really don't think I have a relationship with Jesus like I thought I did. I think I know about God heard about him. But honestly, sitting here this morning, I don't think I have a relationship with Jesus and I need to really give my heart to him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand so we can pray for you this morning? Anywhere in this room? like to stand with me this morning, it'd be great. We're going to close singing a song. <laughs> it's a love song. And I'm, I really, here's the words. When I lock eyes with you, I see my reflection. When I lock eyes with you, talking about Jesus, <laughs> I feel your affection. I love to get lost in you because you're my obsession when I lock eyes with you. You know, we sing these songs and I'm hoping that there's something that burns in us. I would love for all of us to mean this. And I know that sometimes guys get squeamish in this, but guys, listen. He's called us that kind of passion and intimacy with him. It's not something for the ladies. It's not something for the pastors. This is all of us to lock eyes with him. Sometimes we don't know what to do with that. But listen, men of the church, there's nothing more amazing and powerful than when men have that kind of, a, that kind of relationship with Jesus. That's powerful. So we're gonna sing this together and, and just through this, let your heart come wide open and do just what we're talking about. If, if your relationship is cold, then as you sing these songs, just let your heart go. And let's just worship the Lord as we sing this song together.